Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I want to talk about getting to it, going hard. Thankful for today. Just woke up. Networking. Guys, how you can network better. That's going to be the subject of today, either right now or in a little bit. Uh, just want to salute you on finding this podcast. I want to talk about success. I want to talk about just being your best version. Um, hope you guys are enjoying the, the podcast so far and remember to always go for it because it's not going to get any easier keep on grinding keep on rocking uh, so to network you're going to have to hmm. you're going to want to attend conferences um and when you go there, you want to have business cards. And you're going to want to talk to as many people as marketing. Um, so you can get on Facebook, you can get on LinkedIn. And, and network with people, guys. Nearly everyone, from business professionals to job seekers, recognize today's competitive marketplace relationships and networks are critical. You already have a network. Each of us has a natural network. Your family, your friends, the people you associate with personally and professionally. Your intentional network, however, is that group of contacts you strategically and specifically recruit, maintain, and nurture, and with whom you should reciprocate. Intentional networks are win-win relationships based on rapport, trust, and mutual benefit. Who should be in your network? Most people, I'd like to offer you two additional categories of contacts to consider having in your inner intentional network, information sources and cheerleaders. Most people look to meet and network with decision makers. These are the hiring managers, senior leaders, and people who can hire us, contract with us, and buy from us. Cheerleaders, contacts who will provide references, testimonials, and will vouch for you. These contacts will give you support and encouragement. This might be a friend for your past or a colleague at your current job who is upbeat and optimistic in times of stress. To be continued. Guys, thank you for turning into the podcast. How to network, you know? Um, how do you network, really? Uh, there's some people are connectors, you know. Um, they're going to connect you with people. And... You know. You gotta do your best, guys. Always do your best. Always work hard. Always do your best. Organize and nurture your network. 
As you begin to outline and organize your network, start listing out the people you already know. Consider alumni, high school, college, grad school. Keep track of meetings, phone calls, notes sent, and other ways you have to contact with your network. Be sure no one gets left out. Maintaining your network. Make sure you show reciprocity. Become a resource. Find ways to help your contacts. Send news, clippings. Guys, you can read my Think and Grow Rich book review on davidatl.wordpress.com. It has pretty good ways to you know, develop and maintain friendships, network. Be seen as a person who is connected to people and info. These are low-cost ways to make a huge impact. Show your authenticity. When you're genuine, people want to get to know and help you. If you don't know the answer to a question, say so, but then find the answer. Be that resourceful networking contact, but always show your genuine side. People connect with people. Stay in touch. Connect in person, online, or LinkedIn. Even when you don't have an ask, let your network know how you're doing, what you're up to, and what you might have to offer. Online, you might send an update on LinkedIn or post on Facebook, letting your contacts know what's going on in your business or your life. Typically, we only hear from people when they need something. Be the person who stays in touch to let your network know the good things happening in your life, too. Seek to learn. In networking, I recommend you always look for the other person's favorite subject. When talking with someone new, seek out things that make them smile or laugh rather than topics that cause their face to droop. At the holidays, many of us like to talk about college-age kids returning home or holiday traditions. Asking questions that elicit a positive response indicates you're on the right track. Respect people's feelings. This is from careerattraction.com. When you might think Facebook posts was funny, it could hurt someone's feelings or damage a networking relationship. Similarly, don't share confidential or proprietary info or details unless you're 100% sure that's fine. Receptivity means being respectful of other people's needs and feelings. Respect people's boundaries. In networking, be mindful of the limits someone is willing to go to help you. If you ask for a favor or an introduction, even when you tend to reciprocate, and the other person is hesitant or unwilling, learn to be okay with that. Not everyone is comfortable sharing their database and credibility with others. Reciprocity means learning when it's okay to hear no. Having a clear strategy and focus for intentional marketing and focus on reciprocity and building your relationships is important. Gotta stay focused. How to network, 10 tips for shy people. Networking is key to business success from CIO.com. Networking is a set of social skills any smart person can learn. Here are 17 skills to try now. Networking isn't smarmy, says Keith Fazari, author of Never Eat Alone, a bestseller on networking for professional success. It's a buzzword for building sincere relationships based on mutual generosity. Good networks are built on good relationships, and you can't build your career or business without those. You need people to help you. Start with what you know. If you are shy, approaching strangers can be scary. So start slow by networking with relatives and friends. You can do a significant amount of valuable networking without ever making a cold call, says Lynn Sarikas, director of Northeastern University's MBA Career Center. Start with the known instead of an unknown to demystify the process. This helps a shy person high over the hurdle. After a few successful conversations, you'll feel more confident. Once you acquire a smidge of courage, expand to people who graduated from your alma mater. Your alumni network is goldmine of connections. That's why it exists. Contacting an alum out of the blue shouldn't feel like a cold call. After all, they joined this network to make and take calls just like this. Don't apologize. Introverts and inexperienced networks tend to apologize when asking for help because they believe networking is an imposition rather than an ex- exercise in relationship building. 
they feel like they're asking for a favor, says Sarika, they don't think they're worth someone else's time, so they apologize for asking for it. Apologizing makes you look like a novice. Stop it. It showcases a lack of professionalism. Just thank people, just thank, thank people for their time. You don't have to apologize for asking for help. You don't have to apologize for wanting to learn more about the person you're talking to. Put on a happy face. Smile. Dale Carnegie literally wrote the book on networking in 36 with how to win friends and influence people. Smile. Time your entry. Walking up to a group already engaged in a lively conversation and joining in can be intimidating. Even if you are drawn to the discussion, joining it requires some art. Don't push your way in and blurt out an opinion. This can make a bad first impression and kill the flow of conversation. The best way to ease your way in without causing waves is to smile and listen for a few moments to get the gist of the conversation. Then, when there is an opening, pose a question to the group, says Handel. You build your credibility by asking a question. Listen to the head. Listen to, the, listen to be heard. One of the most profound points Carnegie makes in How to Win Friends was that everyone loves to talk about themselves. For a shy person, more than an extrovert, this is networking gold. Many people don't listen when others talk. They might be quiet, but they're just waiting for a chance to talk again. If you're shy, listening is easier than talking, so become a good listener. Don't ignore the conversation. Listen. Listen with interest. You don't have to say much at all. Bring all your cards. Always have business cards handy, says Handel. They're an effective way for you to leave your name behind so people remember who you are. This is especially true if you're a shy. If networking doesn't come naturally to you, don't squander any of the contacts you make. If you came out of your shell and made a successful connection, however brief, don't let it go to waste. You'll need to take advantage of every opportunity. Don't wait for your new friend to ask for your card. They might not think of it, just offer one and let them know it's okay to reach out. Very likely they will offer their card in return and now you've made a solid, repeatable connection. Say their name. People like to hear their own name, says Handel, pointing to another one of Carnegie's basic principles. A person's name is a sweet sound he may hear. It shows you are paying attention. It makes groups seem like a group of friends rather than a faceless mass. If using this strategy feels manipulative, stop and pay attention to how it feels when someone says your name in a similar situation. It isn't sneaky, it's kind. It just helps you remember that person's name. It's a smart social skill. Just be yourself. Many introverted professionals think they have to pretend to be extrovert for a networking situation. That's not true. Sure, you have to make more effort than it takes to stay at home and read, but you don't have to turn into a ham actor. You don't have to become a schmoozer. The problem with schmoozers is they don't have the right intent. They are interested in helping other people, only themselves. If you are shy and smart, run with that. Be the authentic, shucks, humble, shy person you are. It can be endearing. Don't try to be something you're not. It's okay if you're a little awkward, just don't apologize for it. Always be networking. Networking doesn't only happen at work. Anything that gets you out of the house can be networking. Instead of chatting online, join a club. If you're a gamer, go to a gaming event. Voracious reader, join a book club and bring those business cards with you. Just because you're a tech professional doesn't mean you should only network at tech conferences. The person in front of you at a football game might work at a company you want to get into. You could sit behind them the whole season and never know if you don't start the conversation. The advantage of mixing networking with fun is that the conversation is easy. While you're playing board games, ask the person next to you about her work. Why not? Build, bring your hobbies to work. 
Your interest can serve you well at work events too. If you find yourself in a room full of strangers at a technology conference or party, go straight to what interests you. When you talk about things you're passionate about, you will light up and appear more engaging. For as he says, you don't have to find a shared interest, you have to share your own interests. People already know what they do in their spare time, but people are looking for new activities or simply interested in things other than work. If you do something interesting outside of work, bring it up. It will make you easier to remember. You are the woman who scuba dives, or maybe you are the guy who knits. Find a wingman. Peter Handel of Dale Carnegie notes that shy people attending conferences tend to find one person to spend all their time with for duration of the event. Sure, this is easier, but don't do it. There's an easy way out of this, says Handel. Ask your new buddy if she knows anyone else at the event. Admit you're shy, trying to be better at networking, and turn that buddy into a wingman. It will probably make networking easier for both of you. Ask if he will introduce you to people he knows. It's a nice, soft way for people at the shy end of the spectrum to meet others, says Handel. Be generous. Sometimes shy people have trouble networking because they don't think they have anything significant such as job or contacts to give back to someone who will help them. It's true that networking works best when you have something to offer, says Farazi, but you do have something to offer. Sincere interest in the other person, even flattery or encouragement, is a form of generosity. It shows you're able to think about someone other than yourself and it goes a long way when you're networking. Be authentic, share your passion, and help other people feel good about themselves. Go to conferences, get outside of your shell. Be prepared. If you're afraid that you'll seize up or get tongue-tied in a social setting, prepare in advance. Think of icebreaker questions you could ask when you meet them so you don't stand around sweating. If you're attending an event specifically to network your way to a new job, have your elevator pitch ready, says the executive talent agent Feldman. This is from CIO.com. Think about the sorts of questions people might ask you, such as why you're looking for a new job. You might even want to leave openings in your elevator pitch for questions so you don't end up lecturing. Have clear, concise answers at the ready. Your delivery has to be attention-grabbing to overcome interruptions and compensate for a lack of privacy, she says. I recommend everyone listening join Toastmasters. Anything, anytime you have an opportunity to give a speech, take it. Public speaking is number one skill in 2020. Follow up. Sharing information, whether it's website, article, report, or phone number, with new contacts, build your credibility, says Northeastern University Sarika. So if you get into a discussion about something you, sh you know something about and promise to email a report or article to the person you just met on a plane, get their card, and make sure you do it. When you do what you've said you were going to do, it gives the other person the expression that you keep your word. If you don't, you're just another smoother. This also builds a future into the relationship. Even if that person doesn't have a job or leave for you now, they might someday, and now they have a way to reach you when that happens. Get rejected. In life, as in networking, you're going to get rejected. Encountering people who can't or don't want to help you. You will encounter rude people. These are the assholes. You will meet people too busy to chat. Just keep moving. You will find yourself talking to people who don't like you and people you don't like. You might disagree on something that's important to one of you. You might find her overbearing. He might find you nerdy. That's life, says Sarika. Don't take it personally and don't dwell on it. It doesn't mean anything about you. Relationships are equal opportunity. You don't marry everyone you meet. Guys, maybe one in a hundred people will be a good connection. That's why you got to meet people. The more you fail, the more you will succeed. Meeting people and not hitting it off is all part of success. Accept risk. When you overcome any fear of rejection, you'll find it much easier to make cold calls and strike up conversation with strangers. The person sitting next to you at a banquet or on an airplane may be feeling just as uncomfortable as you are and will appreciate you breaking the ice, says Sarika, and they might just be a fabulous contact for you or know the right person for you to talk to. Don't assume everyone but you has it together. 
There are a lot of shy people in the world. It is a rare person who never felt awkward in a social setting. Maybe the person next to you is your best friend. Maybe not, but you will never know until you try. Network, 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 from Forbes.com. The networking advice no one tells you by Bonnie Marcus. We've all heard the advice that networking is important for our careers. And regardless of your profession, your industry, or demographic, the message is loud and clear. If you want to be successful, you need to spend time networking. It's great advice, but the critical missing piece to this advice is exactly how to network. There's an old adage that if you throw spaghetti against the wall and it sticks, the pasta is done. Over the years, this phrase has evolved to mean that when you throw enough activities or ideas at a situation or problem, eventually something will stick. Eventually you will find the answer. So when we're told we need a network to help us be successful, those of us who are ambitious tackle the problem with this approach. We throw a lot of activity at the issue and hope for the best. We go to lots of networking events and conferences, collecting hands out hundreds of business cards. We establish an online presence. The, guy, the key, if you're thinking about it that way, is just do it intentionally. So it takes a village to have a successful career. What can hold you back? Your mindset. The first thing that prevents us from building a strategic network is our mindset that networking is self-serving. You limit your network. Our comfort level is to network with people we know and like people with similar backgrounds and points of view. Research shows us that this type of closed network limits our exposure to people who can offer new connections and ideas. From Forbes.com. You aren't strategic. We use the spaghetti against the wall approach and don't build a network focused on our career goal and ambition. We spend our time meeting random people and hope that this effort will deliver an important contact over time. You aren't proactive. We wait until we need help for a new job or assistance selling a new concept or idea. We wait until we have a need and then discover we have no longer have much of a support network. We haven't reached out to our contacts or nurtured the relationships and now we feel uncomfortable asking for help. You don't schedule time to network. I hear the excuse that there's no time to network for many women. They can't go out for drinks or attend networking events after work most nights. My answer is to schedule time in your weekly calendar for a coffee or lunch and then reach out to people to, to meet you during the workday. Be strategic about which evening events are worthwhile for you and try going to one or two meetings to assess if that organization is one that will expose you to new people. You don't leverage relationships. We meet a lot of people and take their business cards and have an initial convo but never follow up. The result is that we don't have real relationships. We don't know these people and they don't know us. Be strategic about your connections and take the time to get to know people with the potential for mutually beneficial relationships. How does one create a strategic network? Start with your career goal. What are you hoping to achieve in the next three to five years? Then ask yourself, who do you, who do you know and who do you need to know to help you reach that goal? Understand your value prop. What does your work contribute to positive business outcomes? This value proposition positions you as credible and helps you build influence. Your value proposition helps you create mutually beneficial relationships because you understand how you can help others. Once you get how you can help others, you eliminate the limited belief that your network activity is self-serving. Build mutually beneficial relationships. As you meet people, ask them open-ended questions about their work. What are they working on? What are some of their current challenges? If they're an opportunity for you to help by connecting them to a resource or guide them based on your value proposition and or experience. This is how you create strong relationships. 
Find allies and champions. A strong network supports and advocates for you. It helps you sell your ideas across the organization, promotes you for new opportunities. Once you make connections and offer to help others achieve their goals, your contacts will respond in kind when you have a need. Be strategic. Be thoughtful about who is in your network and the best way to connect with these people. Spend your time wisely on focusing these relationships and nurturing them over time. From BBC Capital, networking for people who hate to network. Networking, used as a verb, sounds a bit like a contact sport, something akin to excruciating speed dating with business cards. Even the most outgoing extroverts tell me they hate this route to making professional contacts. Connecting with weak ties. You already know more people than you think because you have many weak ties. These connections are people you know only slightly and perhaps don't often think about. You met them in passing or might have worked together briefly once or you took a class or attended a conference together. They are friends of friends, former colleagues, and schoolmates. You're generally not in touch with them, but their impact on your network could be huge. Back in the 70s, a well-known sociology study advanced the idea that people with whom you have less direct or robust connections are more likely to move in different social circles, so have access to information different from that which we receive. Keeping in loose touch. Be in loose touch with your former colleagues. The next time you have a question, you won't mind contacting some people who are really ready and willing to help. In a recent book, Friend of a Friend, this is from BBC.com, business professor David Berko zeroes in on the idea that people you already know are the best ones suited to help you. That might sound much less scary for shy, shy people. When we have a career setback, we tend only to tell a close circle of friends who may or may not be able to help us. Instead, we ought to go to our weak and dormant ties, tell them our story, and see what opportunities they have. Even better, we ought to start a regular practice of re-engaging with our weak and dormant ties. In other words, you don't have to be a social butterfly. Contacting connections for lengthy in-person meetings is about less taxing ways of maintaining relationships. Remember that your virtual web of help and support is an organic process. You don't create a network overnight. That's exactly what keeping in loose touch is about. I know how it's how I stay connected to scores of people I've met over the years. If we are already linked through a service like Twitter or LinkedIn, Instagram, I might then use the private message feature on that password platform to pass along a news story I know will be of interest, or it might start a video cartoon or a short greeting. How are things? What's new? This is not a one-way business. I'm a happy recipient of these quick hits, too. Such expressions offer a moment of connection and generally don't require much response or follow-up. But if you did need to get advice or guidance, these are people who will respond because they, you've established some camaraderie by staying in touch. And isn't it less socially intimidating than asking an acquaintance you barely know for a face-to-face -face conversation at Starbucks? Connecting around shared interest is fertile ground for loose touch. As an example of how this works in practice, one ex-colleague, Erica, is a busy consultant in the field of customer service. She and I also share a love of dogs. We're connected on Twitter. Every few weeks, one of us sends the other a hilarious dog gif or the latest story about a corporation bungling customer service. Sending out a few greetings or shared stories to a few connections is something with high rewards but low risk, even for the shyest person in the room. You don't create a network overnight. Keep at it and you will win. From kangan.edu.au, that's K-A-N-G-A-N.edu.au, networking, everyone does it, but how do you do it well? Meet people through other people. The best and easiest way to meet people is through referrals. Stick around with the people you already know, and you know the people you are looking to meet. Go to meetup.com.
being introduced through them or joining in with their conversations, you will very likely receive a warm welcome and introduction to the person you wanted an introduction to. This is a similar effect to LinkedIn through their online introduction tool or even through joining the right circle at an event with someone you know. Leverage social media. Social media is an effective way to get to know important contacts better and without the pressure of a face-to-face -face meeting that you may not be prepared for. Seek out like-minded or key contacts you would like to know better with your LinkedIn profile, Twitter, and more. Try commenting on a link they post or responding to a comment they make. Start a conversation with them and offer them value in return. When you have the opportunity to meet them in person, it will be easier to reference previous communications with them. Don't ask for a job. Networking is not asking everyone you know for a job. In fact, when you network, you should never ask someone for a job. You should ask people for information that will assist you in your job search. Your main networking goal should be to build a relationship and establish rapport so when a potential opportunity may arise in the future, your contact may be willing to refer you. Use your resume as a tool for advice. Another yet highly effective way to network during a job search is to ask others who you have established a relationship with to review your resume and give you feedback on how to improve it. Using this technique is valuable for a number of reasons. When reviewing your resume, they will discover your work history, your previous titles, your objectives, and many things they did not yet know about you. They may remember a company or connection that your background may be perfectly suited to. Don't take too much time. Before you start networking, be sure to have an agenda and keep the meeting on track. Time is money. People are never happy with someone that takes too much of their time. By planning out your meeting ahead of time, you establish your professionalism, you gain credibility, and cover all the critical topics you wanted to cover. Let the other person speak. When networking, be sure that you don't do all the talking. The key to being a good conversationalist is being a good listener. If you have asked another person for advice or their opinion, make sure they have the opportunity to offer and tell you, or perhaps they're looking for you to add value to their work. If you do all the talking, the person may feel you're uninterested in what they have to say and unsure what action to take with the information you have supplied. Ask them the following questions. How long have you been with this company? How long have you been in this field? What is the culture of this company? Present a success story. Once you have found a topic the other person may be interested in and you can offer advice on, present a solution by telling a story about how you helped another in a similar situation. Tell them about your problem and how you solved it, but keep it short and sweet. Start by telling them about the problem and then your solution. Include lots of information on how disastrous things were before it came to a happy ending, where everything worked out for the better. Ask for suggestions on how to expand your network. One of the main goals of networking is not only to meet one or two people, but also to tap into the network of the people you are meeting with. Each separate person you meet will know approximately another 200 people, and if you gain introductions to some of these contacts, you will quickly increase your network and your chances of finding an extremely valuable connection. Ask your contacts if they can recommend a professional organization or the names of some of the people you should be talking with. Find a reason to follow up. If you want to establish rapport with another person, create a reason to keep the relationship going. If you read an article that adds to a discussion you had during a networking meeting, save it and send it to them with a brief note on what you found interesting and how you think it could benefit them. Try and find at least two or three opportunities yearly to reconnect with the members of your network. Always remember to say thank you. Building a network is about creating a genuine, caring relationship. Thank your connection for the useful information they have given and see if you can help them in any way. Show your knowledge you would feel would be useful for them. Keep notes on what you learned from your contacts so your future correspondents can have a personal touch. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, hit my email, shinechattanooga at gmail.com. You can also hit me on Twitter at kinglit93, that's K-I-N-G-L-I-T-9-3, and on Instagram at davidatl333, that's D-A-V-I-D-A-T-L-333. And check the website, davidatl.wordpress.com. Make sure your online presence is up to date. Recruiters often use social media platforms to probe potential candidates and even to check out your skills and experience. The goal of networking is to build relationships and networks. 
Five Steps for Networking with Powerful People from TheMuse.com. Oprah Winfrey, Shao Sambo, Richard Branson, the CEO of that hot new startup. Think about it for a minute. If you could connect with anyone, who would it be? Fantasy isn't just for football. As Steve Jobs advised, it's best to start dreaming big, start dreaming bigger. Here are five simple steps you can put in motion to network with some of the biggest names in the world. Be generous. While networking can sound like a dirty business, it isn't once you realize it's not a one-way street of asking for favors. Networking is about a spirit of generosity that you adopt before you expect it in others. No matter where you are in your career, you have something to offer. Say first things first, make yourself valuable to people who seek your advice. Interns, people trying to break into your field, whoever. Remember, your contact may be your high school senior now, but where will he be in five years? Time moves quickly, as do people's careers. Next, connect people you know who may benefit from being in touch. It's quick, it's easy, it's just plain nice. People remember nights and in turn people remember you. These sorts of emails take less than five minutes to write and kickstart your reputation as a generous connector, which also makes people more likely to facilitate an introduction for you. Do some digging. You'll be astonished to discover the number of people you know who you don't realize you know. By six degrees of separation, you probably do know Oprah. As it happens, I know Richard Branson by two degrees. It's all about opening your mind to the possibilities. Your hairdresser, your classmate, or your high school sweetheart could be connected to your ultimate career role model. You don't know who's in their networks, and by extension, who might be in your network until you ask. It may even be a doctor, or in my case, a friend who's a plastic surgeon. It was through him that I was introduced to the high-profile and often controversial laureate, Gloria Elred. Within a month of that introduction, I was sitting in a famous conference room, the scene of many televised press conferences, and she was fantastic. This approach applies to everyone, no matter who you are or how famous they are. This month's issue of Vogue features the ultimate BFFs, Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. How did they meet? Makeup artists and hairdressers have been trying to introduce them for years and finally a mutual friend did. Boom. Their friendship blossoms and marketing opportunity appeared. Hello, cover of Vogue. So be bold, look around and ask. Really, you probably know someone who knows Oprah or someone equally as aspiring and career building. Step three, set a meeting. So your friend agrees to make an introduction, then what? First and foremost, know what you want. I can tell you what you don't want. You don't want a job or a mentor. Or maybe you do, but not on your first date. Instead, make your initial ask to get together. Acknowledge that you appreciate how crowded this person's schedule is. Be clear, be specific, and be brief. Brief means realistic. Show that you understand that making time to talk to you is not a priority. Lunch, dinner, forget. Typically, the best case scenario is a 10-minute meeting somewhere convenient. Perhaps his or her office. A phone call may be suggested, but press for an in-person meeting because you have a much better chance of making an impact. If you don't get a response, don't take it personally. Remember, inboxes can be flooded with emails. I suggest respectfully chasing people down. To be clear, I don't encourage stalking influencers, but you can stay on important people's radar by changing up your approach. If you don't hear from someone you reach out directly, try following up with an assistant. If you have an introduction, don't give up. You're already in the door. Be prepared. Now that you have a meeting, step up. Your big day awaits. Don't squander it. Arm yourself with two things. First, knowledge. You should go into the meeting knowing everything you can about this person, including his career path, his company, even his family, if it helps. It's a matter of respect because it would seem kind of strange, yes rude, to ask Jill Abramson why she's not at the New York Times anymore. Moreover, you'll be better equipped to get what you want out of the meeting, i.e. meaningful guidance, because you'll be able to establish a more genuine connection. Research helps you deduce commonalities. Maybe you went to the same college or share the same interest in surfing. Mentioning these common interests are a way to forge bonds and demonstrate shared values which makes people like you. The second thing I always do is bring a gift. Nothing crazy. It shouldn't come in a robin's egg colored box, but it should be something appropriate and meaningful. The recipient will think of you when she looks at it or gives it away. Don't take it personally. Your research can help here too. Maybe he has a famous sweet tooth 
or a demonstrated interest in the environment. You could bring handcrafted chocolate from your favorite cafe or gourmet organic coffee that supports farmers in developing nations. This sort of thoughtfulness goes a long way and it's an investment that's guaranteed to pay dividends. Step five, have a goal. You've arrived. Once the conversation is underway, remember you're there to listen first, talk second. Don't forget that. Your meeting isn't a stage for you to recite your resume and tell this influencer how outstanding you are. She'll be more impressed if you actively listen. Show her you're present and engaged and that you're following along with what she's saying. Ask questions after you want her opinion. Also, consider how you can help the person you're meeting with. For example, I won't mess with a federal district court judge in the 70s who had broken through enough glass ceilings for 100 women. While her intellectual acumen was nothing short of spectacular, keeping up with modern technology was not her forte. We were discussing her side project and I realized she needed an intern. Blogging, Photoshop, this was something best handled by a millennial. Voila, something quick and easy for me to help her with. And just like that, we had a reason to stay in touch and grow our friendship. Guys, networking is super important. Always do your best to network. Follow me at KingLit93 on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, stay tomorrow for some comedy. Uh, and um, let's, let's, uh, let's get to the bag. Love your face. Hit me on my uh, blog, davidatl.wordpress.com. Leave a rating on this podcast. And uh, thank you so much for subscribing. Let's get to the cash. Young King out here. We rise by lifting others.